aka Patters, welcome to episode 467 of aka Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. I'm your host, Peter A. DeLuca, another known as the eclectic one, another known as the pop culture pope, another known as spicy taco, roast beef sandwich, the seltzer drinking machine. That's right, I do drink the White Claws. Yeah, so everyone. Uh, we're we're kind of on the run. We're still on this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now we're now we're like in what's considered the extended Marvel Cinematic Universe, and these are the properties owned by Sony. So we have two fronts. We have the front that's owned by Marvel and Disney, and that's basically every single property outside of uh, any title or character connected to. Your favorite neighborhood webheads, uh, Spider-Man. Sorry, I <laughs> I'm slurring my words here, only because uh yeah I'm talking to you from a temporary studio. Uh, I have different mic, different setup, uh, different things for my notes, and that's because the proper studio is just uh being still being reconfigured. Still, we're we're figuring out a lot of things with that studio. Uh, such a headache. But hey, it's Monday morning. Um, rocking and rolling. Thor: Love and Thunder just came out. Uh, did pretty well at the box office. Is splitting the audience uh, thoughts basically. So some of the audience loves it. Some of the audience hates it. Uh, critics seem. Uh, I, I don't. I get. I think the critics are looking favorable towards Love and Thunder. Actually, we. I should. I'm gonna have to look that up because we're just gonna do a quick Rotten Tomatoes search. Thor. Uh, Love and Thunder. Ryan Tomatoes. Here we go. I guess we might as well uh, look up the movie uh, that is our subject, right? Morbius. Thor, Love and Thunder, 81% for critics. That is pretty good. Uh, audience is at 68%. So, you know, that's it's it's split. But guess what? Uh, <laughs> it's a comic book sci-fi comedy movie. Uh, just reminds me of uh, just almost like a movie from the uh, 80s, like the, the type of humor and the, the look and the feel. But anyway, we will talk about Thor Love and Thunder when I see it. I would love to see it multiple times, so we might wait until it drops on Disney+. Plus. Uh, our current movie, uh, Morbius, is at 16% <laughs> with critics. 16% people, 71% with audiences. So th- there you go. What do the critics know at all? And I and and uh, I guess that's the point of all this is I favor this movie. This movie got uh, destroyed online. It got destroyed before it got released. Uh, people got frustrated that the movie never came out because this it just get it got pushed back so many times. It's somewhat of a subject of. COVID, uh, like just some of this COVID backlash with theaters being open, not being open, uh, the rise of these other streaming services. And look, you have to give Sony a little bit of credit because they saw the movie through. Now, keep in mind, too, Sony does not have a major platform. They they don't. They don't have a streaming platform to drop some of their material on. They license everything they have to the other platforms, which in the uh, like the stretch might seem to be a favorable move versus the the infinite upfront maintenance costs, development costs, UI UX costs, design costs. 
that even something like HBO Max and Warner Brothers that these companies are going through. I mean, you know, like Peacock. Every time I go to the Peacock app, I I just hate it. Uh, I don't like Paramount. Uh, there's there's a cost to getting it right when it comes to these streaming services, just from a uh, a, a aesthetic standpoint and from a position of you know where to click next. So or like or it's intuitive, I'll say. So anyway, we're we're four minutes in. This movie also stars uh, Tyrese Gibson. Uh, no one, <laughs> no one gave him credit for that either. But yeah, so this movie became a meme. It got re-released in theaters. It didn't pop. And you might be like, "Well, Pete, like, what are the, what, what are the box office? What are the numbers? The budget for this movie is, uh, according to Wikipedia, is between seventy-five and eighty-three million dollars." The box office is roughly 164 million. So, not terrible. Not terrible. You can kind of argue it's somewhat in the range of a sequel, provided that it it does good on streaming, provided that it we have DVD sales and there there's further demand. Now, what seems to be happening with Morbius is the internet made it a meme. It became a joke. And no one gave it a chance. The people who are giving this movie a chance, I'm seeing more and more and more of this. Just through my Facebook feed. Because, you know, my Facebook feed is the uh, the final answer. But a lot of people, there's people out there. There's people out there that are enjoying Morbius. And this might be a shock to so many of you. Because... I would easily challenge what parts of the movie don't add up, don't make sense, what parts of the powers and the origin are not explained, uh, when did Jared Leto not perform, uh, when did the movie not have a particular look to it. This movie looks fantastic. You know, what part of the special effects weren't landing? And people always do, um, they do weird things with special effects where they... They do the coulda, shoulda, woulda, um, but that shot and that scene. And don't they know? Don't they know? Most of these people have no clue. And, and, I, and I go back and forth sometimes with people online. The, the hours of rendering that it takes for one frame of a movie, most people can't fathom the production pipeline when you're literally rendering a frame for days on end and you cannot mess up the render meaning if you have a failed render you you redo it all so but all these things all this stuff that takes to make these movies look their way people take it for granted and they you know I'm going to curse here everyone they essentially shit on it and that's where it gets a little bit wonky for Peter A. DeLuca because when we look at this movie, we have a tragic tale, which we want with a vampire story. We don't get this long-winded explanation of the powers of the vampire. We don't get this this discovery of the vampire weaknesses. The battle is between two vampires, which, again, we go over this all the time. We repeat our hero in a lot of these movies within the villain. Because we spend so much time 
explaining things about the powers and how things work with the hero. If we duplicate it and weaken him, we create a situation where you're not really sure how the guy's going to get out of it. And this goes, it, it just, it goes on and on. This is the, it's, there is a reason why this is the way it's done because there's a level of explanation built into the movie. It's a narrative gold mine and it should be access. It should always be access. And people don't, like, you don't realize that a lot of times in dramas and other types of movies, other types of storytelling, that this is absolutely common. And there's a, re it works great for comedies too. But there is a legit reason why we repeat. So that criticism goes out of the way. And, you know, like, do, do we have to kind of go through the cast? Uh, Matt Smith, also the villain from Terminator. Uh, uh, it's not Salvation. It's, it's Terminator Genesis. He's the guy that kills John Connor in the future and takes over John Connor's body, uh, giving us what we wanted from Terminator Salvation. But Matt Smith, great villain. These, Jared Leto and Matt Smith play friends who are, they have, you know, like a bad luck. They they don't have luck in life. And Jared Leto sets out to cure them and in, in so creates a, a monster. And it works and it's awesome. Uh, I watched this movie three times straight. I watched it with a babe. The babe really liked it. The babe even like... Uh, during just the movie, she turns to me and she's like, "Man, she's like, what? What movie is this? What? Like, what are we watching?" Because she was so engaged with it. So, there you go, Morbius, a full recommendation. Now, here we go. The next episode, four hundred and sixty-eight. Okay. Oh, and keep in mind, um, going back to the opening of this episode, what we are witnessing. Because this movie's connected to Venom. It's connected to Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And these movies are also connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Because the opening um, like intro, the op opening credits, the opening titles we have in association with Marvel Studios. Because they're going to experiment with uh, elements of the multiverse within the Sony side and not the Marvel side. The multiverse affects the Sony movies, not the Marvel movies. So I'm going to explain that in the next episode, for uh, episode 468, one away from that sweet 469. Uh, and then we're, we're just going to get off of Marvel for a little bit. Uh, I know I keep teasing it. We are going to be pushing for 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, audio drops. So check all your feeds for that. Check all, all my social media for that. I do my best keeping everything up to date. If you really want to be up to date, just go to akapad.com. That's where you're going to get all the magic, all the goodness. All right, everyone. Signing out. Next episode will be the end credits for Morbius. Because holy shit, did people miss exactly what happened? I don't know. I don't know how. Let's get into it.